Can we change the way we produce food to both meet the needs of humans whilst regenerating our soils and ecosystems? And can we do so in a way that improves the financial viability of farms? These questions are becoming increasingly urgent to answer, and we're here to investigate a promising technique called agroforestry in order to find out how it can help us with these challenges. We'll be interviewing farmers, scientists, and other experts to share with you their experiences, practical advice, and scientific research. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Regenerative Agroforestry Podcast. We're your hosts, Dimitri and Etienne. So today we're just thinking of um, presenting the podcast to you and kind of introducing ourselves and introducing agroforestry as well for those who don't know about it and giving you a bit of um, a preview into the next episode so you can understand what you can expect. So Dimitri, how about you just start and tell us a bit about yourself? So hi everyone, I'm Dimitri, I'm 26 and I've been working with agroforestry for the past four years. I've been uh, lucky to work and study alongside uh, Ernst Gotch and Mark Shepard, where um, they inspired me to start my own farm with my family in uh, in the south of Greece. Uh, so this started, uh, we started the farm uh, two and a half years ago, and Etienne joined us uh, shortly after as well. And uh, so we implemented uh, an agroforestry, a complex agroforestry system, greatly inspired by uh, Ernst Gotch's syntropic agroforestry. And for now, I've left the farm in my family's hands, and uh, I'm trying to expand my knowledge and experience in agroecology and agroforestry. I'm passionate about uh, all the technical aspects of uh, agroforestry and agronomy, from uh, soil science to tractor tools. I uh, love digging into the details. Over to you, Etienne. Hey, yeah, so I'm Etienne, um, also 26. And so Dimitri and, and I met at university where we were already really good friends, although we did speak a bit less about agriculture at that time. But yeah, so, so when he told me that he was starting a, a farm uh, in Greece with his family, I got really excited and I, I joined him there and, and that's how I got involved as well. Uh, and before that, uh, back in university, I, I studied uh, environmental politics and then went to work for um, an organization in Paris for about a year. And... Well, I'm now back in France uh, and I'm in the process of starting an agroforestry farm there. Um, I'm really passionate about developing accessible and scalable farming systems where we can combine high production and ecological regeneration and doing that while producing a decent income for farmers. So let's start by trying to define agroforestry then. Well, there's actually a lot of definitions out there, but... Well, the simplest one we found was just that it's the interaction between agriculture and trees. And more specifically for us, that means integrating trees and shrubs with other productive elements and creating like that synergistic relationships that make farms more productive, more profitable and ecologically sound. So among some typical practices you may know, uh, you'll find, for example, alley cropping, where you just grow crops between rows of trees. Uh, silver pasture, where you integrate trees and animals. We also talk about support species, which just means you know putting wild trees among an orchard, and then other terms such as you know windbreaks, hedges, riparian zones, and planting them out. Well, you might think I'm not talking about anything new here, and exactly, I mean trees have been playing an important role in agriculture for thousands of years, and 
in Western Europe, um, where we're from, well, hedges and pollarded trees uh, were essential for protecting crops from the elements, um, at the same time producing woods on a regular basis and also fodder for animals, so really multi-purpose and multifunctional. But what happened is that during and since the Green Revolution, well, farmers were heavily incentivized to cut down their trees and, and still are today. And even if that's the case, well, in many parts of the world, you still find uh, trees, animals and crops all integrated together. And, you know, if you go to Costa Rica, you, you might see coffee grown under shade trees. If you go to China, paulonia intercropped with grain or vegetables grown under coconut trees in Tanzania. And today, many organizations and farmers are reviving traditional agroforestry systems or they're inventing new ones altogether. And there's a great diversity. Some are simple, like, you know, alley cropping with one type of tree in a monoculture, while others, like the ones we, we did in, in, and are doing in Mazi Farm, um, are much more complex as they try to mimic forest dynamics and integrate a lot of diversity. And we're not really interested in trying to establish that one approach is better than the other one. No, rather, like, we really like that diversity and we'd like to explore all the different models um, that they are and, and what do they what they offer in different contexts. So what does agroforestry have to offer? It seems that there is a trade-off between farmers' interests in the environment, or at least often so. But imagine a farm that's highly productive and also hosts a functioning ecosystem. Imagine we can produce food while tackling some of the key challenges we face, such as soil fertility, water quality, and climate change. And how about doing this in a way that strengthens the farmer's business instead of sacrificing it? And although this seems like a utopia, we're convinced that it's possible. And agroforestry has a strong role to play in making this a reality. So let's take a closer look. Agroforestry can have a direct impact on the business model of the farm. And although it struggles to provide short-term cash flow, if done well, it has the potential to increase farm profitability. A study in Europe found that farm profitability can increase by as much as 15 to 53% when implementing agroforestry systems. It does this in, in various ways. One of them is bringing more diversity into the farm. Different types of crops means different sources of income, which means that when it's a tough year for your main crop, you might get something from those nut trees, for example. Diversity in the ecosystem is also very beneficial. For example, if you're raising sheep in a silver pasture system, in times of drought where the grass is all dried up, you can still use fodder from the trees that you planted for this purpose. So however you look at it, diversity is a good ally in mitigating risk, whether it is in, uh, from climate irregularities or market variations and shocks. Another way of looking at it is stacking production. This means increasing the total production by making better use of the vertical space on the farm. By properly placing one productive element over another, such as walnuts over wheat, the overall productivity of the land can be increased even though the individual wheat or walnut yield is smaller. So choosing the right associations of the plants and the right spacing is key to this type of success. 
Another way in which trees can be beneficial to the farmer is that they can make the application of fertilizers, whether organic or not, much more effective. So studies have shown that covering 10% of the farmland with trees can reduce nutrient leaching by more than 80%. And these otherwise lost nutrients are absorbed by the deep-rooted tree roots and thus cycled back into the system or even transformed into tree crops such as wood, biomass, or fruit and nuts. All farmers, and indeed all humans, depend at some level on the services ecosystems provide for free. Agroforestry is a great way of harnessing several services on the farm. Hedges create habitat for beneficial insects and birds, which improves pest management. Perennial roots reduce soil erosion and increase soil organic matter, which benefits fertility. Trees provide windbreaks that reduce plant stress, especially in drought conditions. Overall, these services, and many more, create a buffer against climate extremes, whilst helping stabilize production and reducing farm costs. Not only are these services extremely useful, but at the same time, they provide a crop. These are all the reasons why, as farmers, we're excited by the potential of agroforestry and the way it can improve our, our management and our operations. If we look beyond the farm, agroforestry can offer tools to address some urgent problems our world faces. Indeed, if applied at a sufficient scale, it can impact positively whole biomes, ecosystems and continents. And this may seem like quite a bold statement, but there is a serious amount of science and empirical evidence backing this up. So let's take two examples. Agricultural pollution is damaging our rivers, lakes and aquifers. And this is not only tragic for biodiversity and nature, but it's also costing human societies a lot of money. In France alone, for example, over 1 billion euros per year is spent on purifying water from pollution, specifically linked to agriculture. And that is paid directly by the consumer through their water bill. Reducing erosion and nutrient leaching through increased tree cover, amongst other things, could bring that bill drastically down. In addition to all of these things, trees turn out to be really good at something else, and that's removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and storing it in their biomass and in the soil. Given the disruptive effects that climate change is already having on agriculture and the direction we're heading in, agroforestry surely has an important role in addressing this challenge. What this means is that farmers can contribute to solving some of the most pressing issues of our time. Not only is that exciting in itself, but there's an increasing number of paying for ecosystem services schemes where farmers are starting to get paid for the environmental benefits of their management practices. Farmers are already getting paid for providing clean water and capturing carbon on their farms, and the trend seems to be growing. It's important to remember that our agricultural systems depend on the functioning of our natural systems. And although agroforestry is not the only tool out there, it has potential in bringing some harmony back into our relationship with nature. So you might be wondering, if it's that amazing and obvious, why is agroforestry not more common? And although there is a lot to be excited about, there remains a number of points that we need to work on. 
Some of these obstacles are systemic. For example, the subsidy systems that often lead to cutting trees down rather than planting them. And some other occur at the farm level. Many farmers remain skeptical that agroforestry is profitable and are worried that it will just make their life more complicated. These are legitimate concerns, and it will take solid data and successful local examples to overcome them. Even for those who want to give it a go, it's not that easy. To make it work, it requires smart design and careful integration of various elements, such as which genetics to use, what is the appropriate infrastructure and where to source it, having good management techniques and understanding the interactions between the different elements of the system. This specific expertise takes time to develop and is sometimes hard to have access to. This podcast probably won't single-handedly overcome all of these issues, but we do hope that it can be a place where we can share valuable information, have good conversations with the right people, and all learn together. And hopefully you'll find inspiration as well as practical tools that help you on your current or future projects. You might have noticed that we included in our podcast title the term regenerative alongside agroforestry. As Dimitri explains, agroforestry holds great promise as a tool of regeneration on many scales, and it's that potential that we want to highlight. We don't use the word as another label or to be exclusive. Rather, it's about stating the direction of a journey that everyone is welcome to join. In that journey, we'll investigate all the ways we can make agroforestry work in practice. We want this to be as practical as possible and avoid too much theory where everything sounds so amazing but you have no idea how to get there. We'll talk to farmers who have set up successful agroforestry systems to understand how they've done it. We'll ask scientists how their research can help us build better systems and we'll interview anyone who can bring their expertise to the conversation, whether it be about funding or marketing. With them, we'll be exploring questions such as what trees to include, how to manage them, or what business models are appropriate for agroforestry farms. We'll have in-depth conversations with them to really establish what works and what doesn't. So that's the end of our debut episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that we managed to get across the essential message of what we're going to be doing on this podcast and what's our, what our approach is going to be like. So other than that, as you maybe perceived, it's, uh, we're kind of new to this whole podcast thing and uh, we would uh, love to receive some feedback or some tips. And even better, we would really like if you could share with us people that you'd like to see on this show, be it farmers, scientists, whoever you think has something to contribute to this agroforestry con- conversation. You'll also be able to find us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, if you type in Regenerative Agroforestry Podcast. And we also have a website, regenerativeagroforestry.org, where you're going to find all the resources that are backing up everything that we said in this podcast. So thank you so much for listening, and I really hope that you enjoyed this as much as we did, and we look forward to seeing you next time.